Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host James, as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So uh, let's uh, jump right in. Well, if uh, you guys are frequent listeners, then you would already know that I've been kind of missing for a couple of weeks. And it's not been of any consequence. It's uh, basically me taking some time for myself, which I think is important uh, for everybody's mental well-being. You know, uh, taking time for yourself, uh, really getting yourself out of the bubble and just relaxing. And that's what I did. I basically just took some time to relax and just enjoy life and uh, just, you know, keep everything in perspective. So that was a good uh, two weeks that have gone by. Uh, In those two weeks, there's been a lot of things that have been going on. I also took, you know, that into consideration. I was saying, you know, if I walk away for a minute, then I can come back to the show and it'll be a lot of stuff to talk about. And yeah, it is. So let's just get into it. Um, One thing I do want to talk about um, was this past weekend, we had a AEW all out and I'm not going to go through every match. I'm just going to kind of talk about uh, the things that I really enjoyed about the show and the highlights and whatnot. Um, So let's just get the big one out of the way. CM Punk, he's back. Um, he looked good. Um, I wasn't a big fan of his attire because um, I always feel like when people relegate themselves to long tights, uh, like if they don't start off with long tights, then, you know, it's kind of like that transition kind of bothers me. So, <laughs> um, you know, he came out with the long tights, of course, in the Chicago colors. Uh, All Out was in Chicago. And, you know, he, he plays up on the home field advantage thing so much. Um you know, not to say that it's cheap or anything, but, you know, just stars aligned. Um, he uh, came out there in front of his home crowd and he performed and he did real good. Um, I also enjoyed the uh, Young Bucks versus the uh, Lucha Bros. That was a really, really good match. Uh, if you haven't seen that or haven't seen the highlights, definitely check it out online <clears throat> uh, if you can, because it was one you know it's one of those matches that you know like i don't i don't really look for uh cage matches to be very entertaining like to be quite honest um but this was just one of those cage matches that i mean it had everything going on and i felt like you know they did enough of the obvious spots the things that you expect to see in a cage but they had so much more going on in there it was just it was phenomenal um the the women's battle royal was really, really good. Um, Ruby Riot uh, from WWE, uh, who's now known as Ruby Soho, I believe that was her name on the Independents, but I'm not sure because I don't know much about her history. But <clears throat> um, she showed up <clears throat> as the last entrant to the match, and uh, man, it was exciting. Like when they uh, like <clears throat> playing her music wasn't what got me, but when I saw it say Riot on the screen, I was like, yo. I know exactly who that is. And like she showed up on stage. I just flipped out. Um, And the same could be said about the other surprises we had Uh, in the closing of the show. uh, We got Adam Cole uh, who, you know, showed up and it was so funny because I I legit forgot that his name was even on the table. And it's it's not it's not to say like Adam Cole is a bad wrestler or anything like that. I just don't notice him as much. Um, compared to other people that are around him. So I hope he doesn't get drowned out in the noise <clears throat> of AEW. Um, but I certainly didn't take too much notice to him other than being a champion um, with WWE. And I think that was quite unfortunate. You know, like they teased the call-ups. You know, they, um, you know, I think he's wrestled like one SmackDown match. Um, but, I, I, you know, like he's just forgotten in that in that WWE grind, so glad I, I'm glad that he's in a place where, at the very least, uh, he'll get legit opportunities. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and then the much anticipated arrival of Daniel Bryan, who's uh, gone back to his uh, independent name of Bryan Danielson, um, or most of you may know him as the American Dragon. Uh, he showed up, and that's when I really just lost my mind. Um, also lost my voice within the next uh, week. It was so funny. Um, but man, it was just exciting. So all over AW All Out was just another stellar show. 
Um, I basically said it was a 10 out of 10. I think they, I think they hit the mark on everything. Um, I think all their singles matches were entertaining. I think their, you know, bigger matches, you know, really lived up to the hype. Kenny Omega is phenomenal and he makes anybody that he wrestles with looks 10, look 10 times better. I think Christian Cage did a good job. Um, wrestling against Kenny Omega but man I mean Kenny 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 knows the spots he knows what's going to make you look good what's going to make him look good and he really delivered and you know I, I just I really appreciate him as a wrestler uh when he's in the ring um Moxley's always good he's always good and I really do like uh the relationship aspect of of what AEW is doing in in line of uh partnerships with other promotions so you know there's a lot of the impact wrestling that's kind of uh implemented into AEW and new japan and i you know what i really want to see and this is just my kind of wish list fodder but i really would love to see um i would like to see like in a like a kind of like a world world war of wrestling where like they just have every promotion every independent short of wwe because i know they wouldn't let that happen but just basically have the best of every promotion come out and you know wrestle this one major uh pay-per-view it would just be like seeing okada versus like any like okada versus cm punk like i would just i would be so freaking over for that match and i know the match on paper doesn't seem like it makes sense but that would be the whole thought about the show is that none of it makes sense it's just it's basically like playing marvel versus capcom in live uh with 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 living people um but yeah aw all out you should definitely check it out it was a really good show um i'd say check out the highlights definitely check out the after um after event interviews those are i love that they do that um that was something that i caught on uh, with uh, in New Japan, because when I was becoming a Kenny Omega fan, I used to love how he did his his uh, interviews after the matches, and you know he'd have the beer sitting on the table, knowing damn well he doesn't drink. Um, but you know it's kind of it was basically like like uh, after basketball or football games with the press conferences and stuff. Um, but they legit have press conferences. These are like real people asking real questions, and I love it. And I actually really like uh, the fact that a lot of the um, uh, publications that we are familiar with, your Sports Illustrated, your CBS Sports, um, your ESPNs, they are paying attention now. Like wrestling is legit now um, in the respect that, you know, we are getting coverage as fans, you know, of this sport. Um, we're getting coverage in a very global basis. And I really do appreciate that. And I hope that it continues because the one thing I love, and I say this all the time, and I know it, it sounds like a gimmick that should be on a t-shirt, but <clears throat> I've never been a fan of sports entertainment. I've always been a fan of professional wrestling. And I love that they're embracing that in AEW. I love that that's what matters first and foremost. And I just, I cannot wait to continue seeing where they where they go uh, moving forward. Um, other news in wrestling, Triple H um, was hospitalized. Um, I guess they, he had what they uh, described as a cardiac episode um from what i'm understanding he's fine now um but yeah that's a scary scary thing uh triple h uh multiple time wwe champion world champion um has been in several well not several but uh he's been in different promotions wcw wwe but mainly wwe has, has been his uh his namesake you know he's uh been the genius behind uh the nxt movement and where they've gone and how they've elevated and yeah i mean he, he's a real pivotal person when it comes to the the evolution and the future of wrestling as a whole and i think i think he's one of the people that even though he lives by the ideals um that vince mcmahon has laid out as a plan to go forward you know to say like this is sports entertainment you know, like because to Vince, this whole thing is a circus, you know, it's really just a, it, it, I mean, and, and th there's nothing wrong with it being a circus because we all find the circus to be entertaining. But I think that's the factor and the ideal, um, the idea that Vince lives by, which is I'm just here to entertain people. I'm not here to book fights. I'm here to entertain people. So I want to entertain people with stories and characters and this, that and the other. And, you know, it is what it is. But I think with Triple H. 
um, what he was doing in NXT was he was really bringing bringing back the focus or realigning the focus to the wrestling aspect of the sports entertainment. Like he, you know, they definitely had their storylines and stuff down there. Um, and when I say down there, it's usually because, um, and I'm, I've been a big stickler about this because uh, I always wanted people to understand like NXT used to be Florida championship wrestling, which is just a developmental, you know, like, <laughs> like, but, but, you know, to people, to people's credit who've, who've, uh, who've spoken about the legitimacy of NXT, it totally could be its own brand, you know, and I've actually agreed with that. Like NXT for what it's worth could be its own brand away from being just a developmental spot, which I don't think it is anymore. Um, you know, I think that's what the performance center is for. And I don't think that they are going to, I think, I think, I think by the time, so, you know, someone who aspires to be a wrestler um, is ready to actually wrestle NXT is literally just the cousin of the WWE stage. You know, you still got a live crowd. It's not just, you know, it's not just a barnyard crowd. It's like legit, you know, seating with like over a thousand people. And, you know, you got to perform and you got to give it everything. And yeah, you might get a little leeway for, you know, your screw ups here, there and wherever. But it's really to work out the kinks before you get into that get to that grand stage where it's like 15,000 people and you know everybody's either screaming your name or booing you down or whatever and yeah so um you know I definitely want to wish Triple H well I want him to <clears throat> get better and and uh you know come back stronger and yeah and I've also heard in some other news which was unfortunate I, I mean I don't know how much I can uh, put behind this as being legitimate, but I was hearing that, you know, Hulk Hogan, uh, was having a pretty tough time, but you know, one thing that, you know, if you know me, if you've spoken to me on social media, um, you know, that I am an extremely down to earth, uh, individual. Um, I'm very just on the nose about how things operate and look, life is life and life is going to be just that. And it has a beginning and it has an end. And I know that sounds very morbid to say in this sense, like, oh, we love Hulk Hogan. I, I love him, too. I, he's the reason that I was even a wrestling fan to begin with. But if he passed tomorrow, I'm not going to be sorry. I'm going to be thankful for everything that he has done, as I've been thankful for every wrestler who has passed before him. You know, but it's the eventual. I mean, people get old, you know, Um I, I'm extremely thankful that Ric Flair is still alive and doing what he's doing. I'm still happy that Clint Eastwood is still, he's 91 years old and he's got a feature film that's going to be uh, hitting theaters if it hasn't already uh, hit it, you know, now. But, you know, people, in, you know, in the fortunate event, we are just lucky to have people like that, you know, that are just able to continue to feed into uh, what we believe in them but when it when 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 the song is over man it's just over you know and it's again it's not any disrespect to to hulk hogan you know i definitely want him to be at his best and live his best life um you know but you know i i have i have my view um <clears throat> transitioning outside of wrestling and talking about some video games want to talk about some recent releases um tales of arise has finally released and man, it's getting some uh, really good feedback online. I've seen people talking about how uh, stellar the graphics are, how good the uh, gameplay in itself is. The combat system uh, has been a little revamped from uh, former games. If you haven't played any of the Tales games, Tales games are really, really fun. Um, my actual first Tales game was Tales of Zillia 2. <clears throat> um, which it was really funny because um, I did not grow up with the PS3, but later in life I acquired a PS3. Um, well, it was in the family. And um, I remember because I was making money, I was like, oh, well, what's this PlayStation Network? And I can buy whatever I want. <laughs> you know, like, so, um, and I went on there and Tales of Zillia 2 was on sale. Um, it probably had already been out for a few years or whatever. Um, and I bought it and I was like, yo, what the heck is this? This is actually pretty fun. Um, you know, these these uh, eccentrically different characters banding together to, you know, um, 
complete, you know, set objectives and having their own side objectives. And, and it was just fun. And then I, um, when I got a PS4, I did play Tales of Zisteria, um, found that to be uh, fairly entertaining. Wasn't as good as, as what I played with Zillia, but it was still fun. Now, I never played Tales of Basaria. Um, I know that's the one that pretty much got people's attention, um, and I don't know too much about it. But they they, they ba- the games basically follow uh, a general uh, theme, which is, you know, you got your main character, and you collect, you know, a, a band of... Uh, misfits and you know based on who you take in whatever party scenarios they have banter with certain people and you know they build friendships and you you know you find out more about certain characters and it's just it's a fun series so I I I myself am very um you know excited for Tales of Arise I um I'm personally not going to grab it right now because I'm still holding out for uh for grabbing it on steam and we'll talk about the steam deck later but yeah that that's basically my understanding i'm just you know when i'm looking at these games that are coming out now i'm just like okay it's coming out on pc is it going to be on steam okay we'll we'll figure it out later um but yeah i I could totally understand and appreciate that a lot of people are um enjoying the game i hope that a lot of people do continue to play uh the tales series because tales series to me is one of those uh you know, it's one of those series that can definitely stand up to the test that is uh, Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy. You know, usually those are the two standards that uh, everybody judges a proper uh, JRPG by. And I think Tales stands in its own right uh, as one of the best series to uh, exist and I believe Tales of Arise is their seventeenth game. I think it's their seventeenth game in the in the entire series. So if that's the truth, that's already one above <clears throat> uh, Final Fantasy as they are developing uh, sixteen. <clears throat> but yeah, that that's a a series that everybody should play. So if you uh, are interested in JRPGs and you like quirky Japanese characters and you like exploration, you like uh, cooking mechanics, you like fishing mechanics, you like side quest and explore exploration you should definitely play tells from arise because it is a absolute great game one of the other things i wanted to talk about um so sony did their uh they, they did their little showcase i love i love these little uh you know see i, I like the transition of social media and how we as consumers are are able to um you know get information based on our interests because you know in my time back in the 90s you know we had to wait for we had to wait for a few different uh points throughout a year you know you had to wait for e3 you had to wait for gamescom uh you had to wait for um what's the one from japan um tokyo game show um you had to wait for blizzcon you had to wait for all these different moments throughout the year and now it's like they do these uh i like to call them quarterly reports that they let the uh, fans in on to kind of give information based on their investments so you know if you're uh, a nintendo fan i think they call it the treehouse or tree club or something rather um where they basically show you everything that's down the pipeline within the immediate uh six to eight months um you know xbox does their showcase and that their theirs is always fun um xbox microsoft just seems like they just have more innovation i I love looking at theirs because it's more about moving the needle of just technology so theirs always feels more futuristic when i look at it nintendo's always feels fun because it's just games you just want to play but sony um sony just man they they just blow it out of the water because they just they just have properties that you know just make you say like yo i just i i can't get anything better than this um they did their showcase a few days ago and they showed they showed off some good stuff so they finally showed some uh they showed some gameplay of uh god of war 2 or or uh more directly known as uh god of war ragnarok so um 
if you haven't played the the first one on PS4, man, I will tell you. Like I didn't even I've never played a God of War game before the PS4 release. And when I played the PS4 release, it's not necessarily that I missed the the original games. I was just so thankful that I was able to get in right then. And um I knew that it was going to be a forward journey and I was highly excited and I am now. Like uh the uh Ragnarok trailer just looked so amazing new characters a lot of familiar characters uh your son has gotten older you got you know it's still going to be that you know um you know that uh companion questing um which i'm really excited for the only thing that i ever think about games like this especially when they have such continuity is how is it that you know i've but i could be wrong i could be wrong maybe they'll do something as far as the safe states or something but i always say like how is it that I grew this character to be the most ultimate badass that they could possibly be? And then when I get to the sequel, they're right back to the beginning where I have to build them up again. Like what in that moment <laughs> made them lose all of their abilities? Uh, but hopefully, man, I would, well, it would, it would almost be like cheating if, if they allowed you to like bring your, your saved attributes uh, from the last game. Cause then you'd just be wrecking, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I don't maybe they don't think too much about it. And maybe I should stop thinking so much about it. But I've always been bothered about stuff like that. Like I'm playing the same exact character and they're in the same predicament. Maybe like a few months removed. You can't tell me that he just he just rested on his laurels in three months. Like, no. Um, But it looks it looks exciting. Uh, Spider-Man 2 trailer. Whoa, that was that that little teaser was actually pretty cool. Um. <clears throat> I'm still, I mean, I haven't, okay, so here's the thing. I haven't played Spider-Man, the the Spider-Man game. I haven't played the Miles Morales game. So I don't really understand or know uh, what Insomniac's direction is with either of these games. But I was a little off-put when they were, when they back when they announced uh, the Miles Morales stuff and then, like, he has the electricity and stuff. I'm like, don't villains have that, like, isn't that like Electro's thing? And there may be something per the story that I don't understand, but I was just a little upset that, you know, you're giving electricity to a Spider-Man. I don't know. I'm 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 weird and I don't read enough comics to understand. So if you know something that I don't, please hit me up and let me know. Um but that said, there was some major butt kicking going on in the trailer, show uh, some Spider-Man so Miles Morales kind of uh, in tandem, you know, I'm thinking that that's probably going to be uh, a sign of maybe some multiplayer implementation, uh, you know, two player combat, kind of like a beat em up almost. I don't know how that would work out with the swinging mechanics, though. So that would be a little weird because unless they split screen it, which, again, that that kind of takes away from the value of a game that looks as good as this does. So maybe they'll just have it as just a, a CPU companion. I don't know. Um, but the uh, the ultimate draw and reveal in the trailer was they showed Venom. And that right there is going to be so good. Um, I am hoping that Insomniac does their own spin on the maximum carnage storyline <clears throat> and i hope that you know they tell that with the implementation of miles morales and just make a different spin on that whole thing and introduce carnage as just like the most ruthless amazing boss that you could possibly fight like i i'm all here for it if they if they go in that direction but even if they don't i they showed venom um it, it was very ambiguous. You couldn't tell whether he was there to, I mean, he could be there as an ally. Um, but what I kind of got from, I kind of got this Mr. X vibe where you're going to basically be doing your thing as Spider-Man in the game. But then if you run into Venom, especially knowing, uh, cause I believe it, it's, uh, it's a fact that um, Spider-Man can't sense, uh, he can't sense Venom. Like not like he can sense everything else. Like if a train is coming that some that Sandman threw at him, he can sense it coming, make a move, get out of the way, redirect it so it doesn't hurt anybody. But if but if Venom sneaks up on him and punches him in the back of the head, he's not gonna know that he's there unless he feels him breathing down his neck. But 
that's neither here nor there. But it looks good. It looks uh, interesting, and I'm I'm definitely excited to see more about that. Um, so we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, another they actually dropped another trailer. Insomniac did, and this one was really really nice. Um, I love how they I love how they laid it out because you couldn't tell what type of game it was, and you probably you know thinking back on insomniac's history you were trying to place it like with former games that they've made and you know it's like this bar scene and it it was just really hard to kind of place anything but then you come up on the back of this cowboy in a panoramic shot and uh you know they you know again they're not showing you the cowboy he's just kind of sitting at the bar by himself clearly uh you know there was a brawl that had taken place and you know um you know, you figure maybe it's something, some kind of spaghetti, modern spaghetti Western. I don't know. But I but they they pan out the uh, shot again to show somebody walking up on him with a knife. And then he brings out three knives of his own uh, in, you know, in being Wolverine. Uh, yeah, it was it was a really nice trailer. I actually enjoy that a bunch. Um, I I'm. You know, it's really funny because when you, you know, as a Wolverine fan, as a Logan fan, as a James Howlett fan, like you, you have so many different expectations, you know, like it's okay. So the game is called Wolverine proper. It's a Wolverine game, right? So you, so I, you know, me as a fan of Wolverine, I know his, I know his motivations when he's with the X-Men. I know his motivations when he's with the Hulk. I know his motivations when he's with X-Force, when he's with the Avengers, and when he's by himself. I know his motivations when he is in Japan. I know, you know, like, I know the different scenarios by which people should show up. Um, And in this, seeming like it's just a solo venture, I'm thinking this is going to have something to do with, it's probably going to be based in Canada, it's probably going to have to do with Weapon X. And if it has to do with Weapon X, I definitely am going to be on board because I definitely want to see a lot of those, um, a lot of those kind of like not really popular characters. Like I just want to see, like I want to see your Mavericks. I want to see your Silver Sable. I do want to see like a cameo with the, with Insomniac's version of the Hulk and just have him have this kind of, you know, this, you know, fight boss scene or whatever with him um but yeah a a good weapon x story uh with wolverine would just be amazing and there's so much that you can tell um in his backstory of of his origins um that it would just make for such an entertaining game and he has a bunch of different villains um definitely can show Sabretooth, uh you know come through it's it's a lot that he could do and it's a lot of directions they could go, um, but it definitely looks like it's going to take place in somewhere rural. Um, I'm I'm hoping that it's rural uh, Canada. I'm hoping that this game is before the X Men. Like I really hope it's before the X Men. Um, and honestly, I don't even want any X Men teases. Like I don't want the X Men to show up at any point in this game. I just want it to all focus on Logan as a character. So I'm excited for that one. Um. <clears throat> Another trailer that was really, really exciting was, uh, and it was really funny because, like, you you know how, like, you, well, people don't remember that uh, EA lost a license to Star Wars. So, um, for this foreseeable future, unless they renew something, um, they are not responsible for making Star Wars games anymore. Um, so, you know, it, it really wasn't a way to tell what you were going to see. And, you know, you see a cloaked hooded figure standing in fog and this, that and the other. And once you saw once you saw the lightsaber or heard the lightsaber, you could see like the hue. It was like, okay, I think it's probably Darth Vader or something. Or maybe this is just uh, maybe it's like the Force Unleashed 2 or something. But when he puts or she or whoever puts the lightsaber up towards the face. And you see that distinguishable mask. If you see the mask, you know exactly who it is. And I, I I, just about lost myself. And it's basically Knights of the Old Republic remake. So they're going to remake the game specifically for PS5. And I got to tell you, 
this is one of those games that you make a decision to buy a system for. It's a killer app. This is what you go out and you get a game for, you know, or get a system for. Like, if this was on, you know, and I, and and, I, and I'm I'm not wishful thinking. I'm just kind of talking theoretically. If this was a game that was on the shelf this Christmas, I would do everything. Even though I said I don't want a PS5 anymore, I would do everything in my power to get a PS5 and get this game. Because it, because there's no way I would I would just let a remake of one of the greatest games of all time in Knights of the Old Republic just pass me by and never play it. No, I have to. I'm 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 kind of hoping that they announce this as a as a game that eventually comes to PC, which I'm pretty sure it will. Um, but for the for the foreseeable future, yes, I'm back on board with trying to get a PS5. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, um that that's what they showed, and um you know talking like I said about the PC and stuff. Um, I've basically, you know, even when I was mentioning Tales of Arise. I'm basically at this point right now where anything that's AAA and new, if it's coming out for PC, I'm just not going to grab it on a console. I still haven't got a new generation console, um, and I don't plan to because I, as you've heard in shows uh, previous, I am going to invest in the Steam Deck. And I'm really excited to invest in the Steam Deck because I really am trying to invest in this understanding and this philosophy of just gaming where I want. Um, you know, I know pe- I know people say, oh, when you PC game, you're supposed to be in front of a rig, sitting at your house, yada, yada, yada. But I am really um, invested in the belief that there's a different way to go about gaming at a high level, right? And I really enjoy the commitment that, you know, um, Steam has, uh, or Valve have has set out in saying like, look, Every game that's on Steam can be played on this system. Like, what better commitment do you want from a, a, a company than that? And I truly believe in that. I truly believe that no matter what game I, I decide to get, everything's going to play. Right? So, you know, like, when I do get my Steam Deck, because I'm still, I'm still on to get mine's uh, quarter one of uh, 2022. You know, uh, um, you know, I, I, I like, you know, many have fallen victim to the push because I don't think they, I don't think they anticipated that they were going to get such a turnout, uh, for those who did, uh, reserve it. But their response in that is like, they want to make sure that they have enough for those people. And, you know, in kind, you know, the dates have been pushed back a bit, but I, um, you know, when I, when I get my hands on it, all of these games that Scarlet Nexus, grabbing it. Um, Tales from Rise, grabbing it. Um, you know, anything that comes out, you know, Far Cry uh, 6, grabbing it. Like, I'm going to be on top of every single AAA title day one. But it's going to be on the PC. You know, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, grabbing it. But I'm going to do it all on Steam Deck. And I'm and I'm I'm willing I'm totally willing to miss out on a console generation for it, and it's only because and and I keep going back to this and I just want people to understand how I feel. I'm just not in. I'm not in the realm of thinking that it's okay to just not have systems for, you know, your consumers. Even if you and you know like. My whole thing is this anticipate that you'll sell a lot and just don't release it until you got a substantial number to meet that demand. You know, I've, I've had online, you know, I've had online arguments. Well, not really arguments, but I've, I've looked at people tell me about how I should go about getting one. And it's like, Oh, they have this reservation system. They have this, they have that. Yeah. But what happened to when you could just walk into a store and it was just like six systems just sitting there and you could just grab you one. Like those those days don't exist anymore, and it's so sad to me. Like it's so sad to think that we're playing bait and switch, and we're just not allowing people who truly appreciate being gamers to just game, dude. Like to just game. I I don't I shouldn't have to jump through hoops in order to game. 
you know, and people, oh, you just, you know, you're just crying because of nothing. It's like, dude, I'm not crying. First off, second off, I really don't give a crap because again, I, I, I can, I can invest in something that is going to be there when I need it. And ultimately I'm not going to have to jump through one damn hoop. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying like the steam deck is going to be better than PS five or better than Xbox series X. Uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is this is what's going to work for me, for me. I'm not so bought into the idea that there that there are exclusives on any particular system that I just have to drop everything and gravitate to that system. Like I said, unless they tell me that Star Wars uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake is never coming to any other console or format, then I will definitely be grabbing a PS5. If they told me Bloodborne 2 was exclusive to PS5 and like uh, Bloodborne 1, uh, it was only, you know, like it It was only on PS4. I was actually, I'm still hoping for a PC port. And I, I hope they port that to PC so quick. That'll be another game I grab on Steam. But, you know, for what it's worth, it's like, again, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and keep hoping and wishing and praying that, you know, uh, you know, these manufacturers restock the shelves. And I hear I hear you guys, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, well, it's the you know, it's the chip shortage. Well, obviously, they're not too short on chips that people are still buying. them. I think it's the way that they're going about allowing people to buy them. Like I said, there it's it's a you're mandating people to jump through hoops for you in order to in order for you to pat them on the head and say, good doggy, just wanted to see how bad you wanted to treat I'm not with that. <laughs> I'm not with that at all. Not at all. I'm too grown for that. I'm too grown and too too busy in my life to sit here and have, you know, I've heard stories. Oh, I have, you know, three browsers between my girlfriend's phone, my phone and my computer. And I basically just kept refreshing it until it said available. Then I clicked it. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not 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 to knock on anybody else's integrity. But why would I do that? Like, why would I do that? Cause you, cause you really want one. No, that, 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 that has no bearings on how consumerism should work. You know, I could sit here and have this argument all day, but you know, it is what it is. And I'm the, I'm just not going to break my back for it, but I will, you know, be getting a steam deck. Um, I'm actually just ready to pay. Honestly, I just want my email to just be like, Hey, pay for this thing. So, you know, you you actually have it in the pipeline. Um, cause the $5 reservation, I mean, it's cool and all. Um, but I definitely want to feel secure. I'd much rather feel secure in knowing I just put all the money onto it or hell just open it up to where like at this point, cause the things are a bit pricey. So open it up to where you can pay them down. Cause between now and, you know, between now and then, if, you know, if I gave a hundred dollars a week, I'd be done paying it before december you know what i mean like if that if that's how i chose to go about it and i think they should implement something like that because there's some people out there who may want one they just don't have the resources to have that much money at, at that one given time so if you give people a way to kind of break it down man you know you're selling more systems but i'm not on the marketing team or finance team of of uh, valve unless they call me hire me i'm available <laughs> um Man, oh, that last thing I want to talk about before I get out of here. Um, I don't know. I don't know what phone companies you guys have, but I know for the longest time I've been riding uh, prepaid phones. I've been riding on that wave for years now. And a lot of it has been predicated on the fact that these major carriers, uh, which now are consolidated to, I think, a big three now in uh, what T-Mobile, uh, Verizon, and AT&T, um, you know, Sprint being consolidated in the T-Mobile. But, uh, I mean, I just never found any sense in what these carriers offered over what prepaid offers. You know, and I've always, it's always been so funny to me because, you know, I, I remember when I was actually getting you know when i was investing in prepaids like prepaids were like the butt of the butt of the joke somebody knew you had you know boost mobile or metro pcs they were laughing at you but i think the joke kind of reversed itself 
when these carriers started allowing you to bring your phone to their service. Cause I think that that was a big transition was that phones were becoming more expensive. And for a lot of us consumers, we, you know, we look at phones as, as a, uh, a very lengthy investment. And, you know, regardless of what services we have, you know, going forward, we want to make sure that we're able to get the full, you know, the, uh, the full worth of our, of our investment. So yeah, we'll have a phone for like seven years, um, five, seven years and not blink an eye, but can you put five or seven years behind a carrier that's charging you hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to be provided a service of a cell phone? And my answer has always been no, flat out no. I mean, I remember when I was paying, you know, T-Mobile, Sprint, uh, never had AT&T, never had Verizon. Actually, I had Verizon was my, my very first phone carrier ever, um, but I blew that, and that's just a whole different story. But, um, you know, when I had these other carriers, like, dude, I had bills that were just like, I, and, and I'm a, I'm a you know, my own self. I only pay for my phone. And in paying my own phone myself, my bills were like hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, how does this happen? How does this happen? <laughs> you know? And I, I mean, I remember back when Sprint, introduced a unlimited plan that was $99. And I was just like, I'd much rather pay for the unlimited plan than to have you guys continue to charge me 130 or 170 for going over a plan, you know, on my plan. So if it's just 99 flat, then it's whatever. And this is before 5G, 4G, 3G. It was before any of the G's. It was just straight up phones. Right. Um, but even that just stopped making sense. So like when I when I went to um Metro PCS, I still remember um the first time I got on it was like 35 bucks. But then I needed the unlimited stuff, so I paid so I was still paying less getting there unlimited, which was uh at the time it was I want to say 45. Yeah, it was 45. It was cheap for their unlimited and then it, it eventually got up to 60 and uh, I had that for a cool minute. Then I went to AT&T because it was a little less than 60, but then it, it ended up getting the 60 and I was so bothered by this. I was so bothered. I was like, why do these, why is it having these incremental increases? Like what is the point of it all? And you know, it's just, it's business. It's, it's what it's, it's just how the world turns. Right. Um, but I say all that to say, I've changed carriers again, but this time I think I've got it right. So I don't know if you guys have been seeing the commercials or uh, seen them online um, or seen the mascot, the little green fox, but uh, Mint Mobile, um, which is uh, has Ryan Reynolds on the, on their board of uh, of investors. Um, it is a newly introduced carrier i guess it's new within i mean it's been within five years right um but yeah like they basically tout low prices and you know superior coverage and you know i remember thinking like yeah you're just like every other uh carrier but i don't know there's something about the way that they introduce what they offer that just really kind of sold me and what I really, really got sold on was that their their highest plan is thirty bucks for unlimited everything, like thirty dollars. Now you might tell yourself, okay, but they have the setup where you could, because I think their their setup is like they have three different tiers. You could either pay three months, six months, or pay for a whole year. But I don't see anything wrong with that because even if you paid like like how I paid, like right now I have the I, I got the uh, plan that's 20 bucks a month. So I just paid 60 dollars. So for what I pay in one month on AT&T or or uh, Metro, I basically just got three months for. And 
I got 10 gigabytes of data per month, which that's not going to bother me because I'm on Wi-Fi a majority of the time. So I'm not really using data to use to do anything. Um, and then every every other feature is there. So it's like, yo, what, what like what is the. Uh, I guess like what what is the point of these larger carriers, but there has to be something that these larger carriers are doing that keeps them relevant to the availability of all of these uh, subsidiaries. Because $30 a month, $30 a month, you know, which is $90 in three months, like that's still a fraction of what a major carrier would provide you with as an individual account. Like, it's crazy. And I got to say, like, so so when I went and got the Mint Mobile, the only thing that I will say as a, as a knock to them is that their activation process is horrendous. Um, if if you're trying to bring your cell phone, if you try not not cell phone, if you're trying to bring your current number over, it's horrendous. Um, it, it's it's only bad because you know once I once I because I had to call I had to call AT and T. And I had to get my account number and all this other stuff, which AT&T is really crap for that. Like, if I have an account with you, then give me all of my account information when I sign in. Like, even if it's prepaid, you got an account number, list it. Because I want to be able to see my information and provide it when need, when need be. But I had to call them. And uh, I got all the information and stuff. But then when I transitioned all that stuff to Mint, their their next step said log in. I'm like, how do you log into something you never activated an account for? <laughs> so I had to file. So I had to call them, and you know she explained it that to me at that point, saying, okay, well, you know, uh, you doing it yourself allowed it to activate, but you it basically bypassed the the uh, the uh, account creation process. And I'm like, well, why would it do that? Like, it, there's no point for it to do that. The next step should have been, you know, uh, you know, thank you for transitioning your number. Now set up a mint account so we can give you all your information that you need for, you know, your service going forward. No, it just told me log in. So I was a little upset about that. But uh, the customer service was actually really, really good. Um, I've heard some good things about the customer service online uh, when reviewing uh, mint as as a carrier. Um, and yeah, I was pleasantly pleased and surprised and, um, you know, they took care of it as quick as I would have expected them to, even with me having an attitude. I was so hot at that point. I was so frustrated, but yeah, everything just got straightened out quick as quick as could be. And yeah, the service is fine. I mean, um, it, you know, it's no different, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm too past the point of saying like, oh, you know, this, uh, this data's, you know, this much faster or like, nah. My phone works. <laughs> that, that's that's just the end of it, and and it's funny because like they told me that the transition would take up to forty eight to seventy two hours. It was like less than thirty minutes. In like less than thirty minutes, I had an email that said, "Hey, your phone numbers transitioned over." And even even when even when I told, even when I told um, the uh, AT and T when I told them, I said, you know, she goes, "Well." Why are you why are you uh leaving AT&T and you know is there anything that we can do in order to you know uh help you with your account and I just told her straight up like listen I pay for your top plan which is $60 a month damn near comes up to 70 and I'm with a plan that just charges me $30 and she said you know what if I was uh if I didn't work for AT&T I'd be on that plan too. And she just laughs. And it's it's really funny when you can reach people who enjoy A, their job, and B, their life. So yeah, she was just really in a very uh, joyous mood and she kind of helped the transition along. And, you know, I could have suffered someone who may have, you know, uh, spent more time trying to convince me to stay. 
um, you know, which I've had that happen with other carriers. Oh, if we just put you on this plan, then you wouldn't be doing. This. It's like, yeah, but you're missing the point. <laughs> like, like I already bought the card. <laughs> like, there's nothing else I need. If unless you're gonna just give me the service for free, I, there's no way I'm staying. So, but you know, smooth transition, short of the login information, and here I am with my phone. So, uh, did you see uh, AEW All Out? What did you think of the uh, pay per view? Um, did you hear any of the information about Triple H uh, being hospitalized? Uh, how did that affect you? Um, are you playing Tales of Arise? Um, or are you playing any other games? I would love to hear exactly what games uh, you're playing. Um, what phone carrier do you have? And are you paying more than $50 for your service? Um, did you see the, show, the Sony uh, showcase? And what did you think about the games that they revealed and showed off? And... Uh, what do you what are your thoughts again on the Steam Deck? I know I've been bringing that up. I enjoy bringing it up. Um, have you been convinced over time that uh, it's an investment that you find uh, worthy or are you thinking that, yeah, you're just not going to grab it? Um, I'd love to hear you guys uh, feedback. It's always uh, welcome. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at more T.A. podcast. That's more T.A. podcast on the Twitter Um this has been fun. Uh, this is a, this is really cool to kind of return back to form after a couple of weeks off. Um, just been so busy, just kind of um, relaxing, you know, not, not busy doing anything else, but I have definitely been relaxing and just enjoying life. Um, I am definitely happy to be back uh, on the saddle and just, you know, doing what I love because podcasting is always number one to me. Um, but I definitely needed to take a moment to just get things uh, back to form. So with that being said, you guys already know the drill. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.